So, today's lesson, I'm going to start by reading a book I bought for Marilyn. It is a Berenstein book. I told Marilyn I would read this to her to start this. Um, it is called Inside, Outside, Upside Down. All right, that's the front. Going in, inside, inside a box, upside down, inside a box, upside down, going out, outside, outside, inside a box, upside down, going on on a truck, outside, inside a box, upside down, going, going to town, on a truck, outside, inside a box, upside down, falling off, off the truck, coming out, right side up, Mama, mama, I went to town, inside, outside, upside down. So today, I'd like to consider three different perspectives of the gospel of Jesus from the perspective of the insider, from the perspective of the outsider, and from the perspective of those for whom it is said that they are turning the world upside down. The upsiders. <laughs> Inside, outside, upside down. So let's begin with the insider of John chapter, John chapter 3. I'm beginning in verse 1 here. He says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, We know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus' miracles are not called miracles in John's gospel. They are called signs because they point toward God. Uh, Going on, he says, In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Nicodemus, he comes to Jesus, right, under the cover of night, okay? And it seems that Nicodemus, he genuinely wants to give Jesus uh, an opportunity maybe to explain himself and, and what he has done and, and, and what, he is, what he has done and what he is doing in this time. And Nicodemus is, is one of these who is longing um, he's longing for the Messiah to come. And I want you to notice this. Nicodemus, he, he asked Jesus nothing of entering, of entering the kingdom here. In fact, Nicodemus, he makes a statement. He just makes a statement. He doesn't ask a question. And, it, and it's possibly to show that, that Jesus, uh, that he might be getting close, that Nicodemus might be getting close to, to being convinced of Jesus' equality with God, maybe. But he doesn't even, he doesn't even ask a question. Um, and Jesus doesn't even acknowledge the statement. 
And Jesus responds with the answer uh, that I believe that Nicodemus was asking in his heart. Jesus speaks to his heart. He speaks to ours. He says, how can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. He says, you must be born of water and spirit. Even though this is Jesus' ministry before Acts chapter 2, before uh, the Apostle Peter's message at Pentecost to repent and be baptized, every one of you, before uh, the theology of, of Paul and his 13 letters, uh, which teaches the same, uh, Jesus speaks of a new creation. So as Jesus said to Nicodemus, uh, you must be born of water and spirit, and Nicodemus doesn't get it. Um, Nicodemus is an insider in, in every way. Uh, he was an insider in his gender. He was an insider uh, in that he was in a male-dominated society. He was an insider in his ethnicity. He's an insider in his religion. He's an insider in his ethics. In every way, Nicodemus is on the inside. This is Nicodemus's wheelhouse where he's comfortable. What Jesus is saying to to this insider, is that none of that saves you. And I believe that Nicodemus was genuine and, and was genuinely seeking the Messiah, but he was also, he was part of the club. He was part of what we in the army would call the boys club. And Jesus says, none of that matters. You must be born again to see the kingdom. Going to the next chapter in John, John chapter 4, starting in verse 4. It says, now he, being Jesus, had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of, of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour, which would have been noon. When a, Samar oh, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? So this Samaritan woman comes to this well while Jesus is sitting there, and we gather from the text, uh, from the context of the text, that she lives a life of sin. We can speculate that she comes to the well at noon in the heat of the day to avoid those who come there in the morning, maybe when it's cooler. She comes to the well because, well, because she has to. She she has to draw water in order to sustain herself. And you can imagine that she goes to the well maybe with her head hung, uh, her head down, possibly in this just perpetual shame and hiding. And Jesus engages her. And she is an outsider in every way. She is an outsider in her gender. She is an outsider in her ethnicity. She is an outsider religiously as a Samaritan. She's an outsider in her behavior. She's an outsider in her morality and 
and in her ethics. And in verse 10, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and, we, and he would have given you living water. And her, her response to Jesus is, well, where can I get this living water? It's what I'm missing, maybe. It's what I want. And she misunderstands exactly what, what Jesus is communicating to her in that moment as he describes this, this living water, as he engages her patiently. And then in verse 13, Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. She says, she says Please give me this water so that I don't have to go on living the same way that I've always lived. Always existing in this, in this shame, always coming to the well when I don't have to face others. He told her, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus says, no, duh. <laughs> he doesn't say that. He says, Jesus said to her, you are right. Basically, no done in, in our version, right? Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. John places these stories back to back, chapter 3, chapter 4, and they communicate, but they communicate one single truth. Insider or outsider, we all need God. Now, maybe, maybe what John and what the Spirit wants to communicate in these stories is that Nicodemus, the insider, and the Samaritan woman, the outsider, they need Jesus alone, and that is all they need. He communicates, I don't care, I don't care how much scripture you can quote, I don't care how often you go to church, I don't care who your granddaddy was in church, I want to know if you love God. I want to know if you are a part of the kingdom. I want to know if you're born again, he says to, to Nicodemus. And to the Samaritan woman, he says, I don't care how many husbands you've had, and I don't care how much of a mess you've made with your life. I don't care how much pain you have caused. He says, I want to know if you are tired of coming to the same well." that causes you to be thirsty over and over and over again. He says, I want to know if you are thirsty for the water of the kingdom, because, because if you do, it's yours. Because we all need God the same. More often than not, I believe that I need God far more than you. But we all need him equally. And God uses, he uses each and every uh, one of us in a unique way because he has crafted each one of us in a unique way through the, through the good, the bad, and the ugly. God can use us to be ambassadors. Jonah, do you know what an ambassador is? Yes, it's someone who goes into another country representing their country. That's right. So if we are Jesus ambassadors, what are we? Somebody who represents Jesus. 
Well, you've already learned your word for the week then. <laughs> Ambassadors for the kingdom, right? Um, to, be, to be light in a dark world, to shine like stars in a crooked and depraved generation as you hold firmly to the word of life, as Paul says in Philippians 2. So Jesus tears down these barriers of the insider and the outsider. Ooh, here's a good word. The affluent and the ignorant opposites. The barriers of skin color, the barriers of gender, the barriers of socioeconomics, where you sit in the wealth, the barrier of, of our inability to, to just measure up. And since he's torn down um, the barriers, Jesus says, now, now is the time for you to do your part. The goal, the, and I've said this before, the goal of your salvation was not to go to heaven. The goal of your salvation was your redemption. And because we are a redeemed people, our time for the kingdom is now. It's not later when we get to heaven. So now for the upside down. Probably can't read that, but I'll read it to you. Acts 17, starting in verse 5. But the Jews were jealous, so they rounded up some bad characters. <laughs> that makes me laugh every Bad characters. From the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a riot in the city. They... Peaceful protesters. They, they rounded up some peaceful protesters that weren't going to cause any damage. Formed a mob and started a riot in the city. Um, mostly peaceful riot. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some other brothers before the city officials, shouting, These men who have caused trouble all over the world, have now come here, and Jason has welcomed them into his house. They are all defying Caesar's decrees, saying that there is another king, one called Jesus. When they heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown into turmoil. Then they made Jason post bond and let them go. If you read this text in the ESV or Revised Standard or the King James Version, the statement says this, These men who have turned the world upside down, have come here also. So these believers turning the world upside down because the kingdom is upside down to the world. In all reality, in all reality we know the kingdom is right side up, but it does not appear that way to the world. We Christians uh, are turning, we are turning this world upside down. Because we see that the kingdom is right side up. And what we cannot allow, to my boys, what we cannot allow is for the world to define us in any way. Satan will attack you. He will attack your life. He will attack your family. He will attack anything that you have to make you believe the world is right side up. Jesus tells Nicodemus that he must be born again, and Nicodemus is confused because this is upside down. Being born again is a difficult concept. Um, I can clearly remember all of our children being born, and there was all sorts of, of yelling and screaming and crying and gnashing of teeth, and all of that was just me. Yeah, I was going to say, that's just Matthew. <laughs> Colleen took it very well. 
I did not so much. No, I'm just kidding. All of them except for Jonah, who came out like a red rocket. I missed him somehow. Jesus tells the woman at the well that he has water that will make her never, never be thirsty again. This is so upside down. Insider or outsider, we all need Jesus the same. But we know, we know for, for a fact that, that we, are people of, we are people of the upside down. We are called to be people who will turn this world upside down. We are not asked to accept this gift of salvation and then, and then to sit back while we, we just gain a reward. We are people who will turn the world upside down and we will be persecuted and it will not be popular because Satan is doing a really good job of making the world look right side up to so many people. And we should pray every day when we wake up when we put our feet on the ground, that that this world is that that, that we go in and make this world upside down, go out and show people that the kingdom is right side up. It is only when we turn ourselves upside down to this world that we will be able to see clearly the joy, the peace, the redemption that that Christ has offered us. And we need to be combative soldiers for Christ because niceness has never cut it in this world when we are trying to bring the truth of the gospel. Last thing here. The same chapter, okay, the same chapter that this, this mostly peaceful protest riot happened. Paul says, excuse me, Paul says, uh, he's speaking to the men of Athens in the Areopagus. He says, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven. The Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Sometimes, sometimes if we just turn ourselves upside down here in this world, we, we find that God was there all along waiting for us. Let's pray. Father God, I just want to, I want to ask you to, to continually uh, help us to, to see, uh, to see what the world cannot see, that, that the things that seem so upside down to the unbeliever um, are, are what's best for us and what can give us such, such a great joy and help us to, help us to go out into the world and, and be soldiers for you and show people that, uh, if we just turn things upside down, we can see the kingdom. We can see it clearly. We can see your kingdom. We can see that we are redeemed. It helps to understand what that means. Um, I know I'll forever be searching for the, for the meaning for that and forever be grateful, but I, I just want to be able to show that to others as well, and I want this group to be able to go out into the world and show that to others, that we are, we are a people of the upside down. We are a people that should go out and turn this world upside down. It's through Jesus' name I pray this. Amen. Um.